Hello and welcome to the EcoSend podcast, a weekly podcast on becoming a climate conscious business. Every week, we'll be interviewing founders, marketers, and leaders who are championing the climate. The podcast is hosted by myself, James Gill, co-founder and CEO of GoSquared and the makers of EcoSend. If you run a business or are responsible for growing one, and you want to have a positive impact on the environment, then listen on. Every episode, our goal is for you to learn something and be inspired to take some action. Every single one of us making small changes and some large changes will add up. We're all in this together. So let's get on with the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's meet today's guest. Hi there, welcome to another episode of the EcoSend podcast. I'm James, your host, and uh, we're now towards the end of series two of the EcoSend podcast and what a series it's been. I am thrilled to have this week joining me, Tate Clark, to be talking all about her journey into the world of sustainability. And I'm sure many of you listening will have been on or be going on your own journeys yourselves. So hopefully going to have a ton of great stuff to talk about today with Kate. Kate Clark is an independent ethical marketing and content strategist that works with purpose-driven coaching businesses to get crystal clear on who their audience is and how to reach them in the most natural and simple way. So Kate, I am thrilled to have you here today. How are you doing? And welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you for having me. Thank you very much. <laughs> great, great to have you. So I'm keen to to dig in and just hear more about what you're up to. I know there's a brief intro there, but you're working with with coaches, working with purpose-driven coaches. Tell me more about your business and, and as it stands today, what are you up to? Yeah, so yeah, like you said, I work with coaches and consultants to really help them on their marketing journey. So the thing that I absolutely love to do is to help people with understanding where their blockers are with their marketing and to help them get past that. So I do a lot of training and mentoring, but also just working on people's strategy and helping them put that into a logical plan. I work with a lot of people that have all the ideas and they just mm -hmm. don't know how to put that into a plan or what that looks like from, you know, with in line with their sales or their other objectives and just plotting it all out and where that sits with different platforms and how to repurpose and what to say on different platforms and how to repurpose it for different platforms and and how that all works and how it all works together like it's in my problem solving logical structured brain it just works really well in terms of how I help people plan that out I think some of the blockers that I come across a lot are Sometimes they just they just have all these ideas and they write stuff, but they don't always know. Well, they're completely blocked when it comes to putting the post out there or creating the podcast. Yeah. Or whatever it, you know, the next stage, there's a big blocker then. And it comes down to that whole vulnerability and, and confidence and feeling like a fraud and the imposter syndrome. And, you know, there's lots of mindset stuff going on there, which, you know, I don't propose to be any kind of expert or <laughs> coach myself. Like I can't psychologically help people and be a therapist, but <laughs> it's important that, to understand where these blockers are so that you can 
also that I can help them on that journey a bit more. So yeah, there's lots of different different kind of facets to that. I think I work on doing the strategy, on getting deeper with the audience, helping people get started with email marketing, mm-hmm. um, putting social media plans together, you know, some of the real practical stuff then that comes out of it as well. Amazing. Amazing. I can totally see how those skills are incredibly valuable to many people because uh, yeah, without a Kate in the equation, most of the things probably stay in people's heads or are just said out loud, but they rarely become the real thing. Or at least lots of notebooks full of notes and ideas, lots of Trello boards that get created, (laughs) spreadsheets that get done, maybe depending on who is, how well first people are with spreadsheets but yeah it lends well a lot of entrepreneur types like yourself are in the same way they have the ideas and they're enthusiastic and excited to get them done and then stuff doesn't get done because the next (laughs) idea comes along yeah you've already had the third (laughs) idea in a row of something else and oh that's boring now (laughs) okay that's amazing so I'm I'm keen to hear more I, I guess the whole theme of today's show is really your journey to doing this case so and and you're working with many of these these individuals and businesses who are proclaiming to be purpose driven and and caring about not just the profits but more than that. I take it you didn't just wake up one day and decide that's what you want to do. So very keen to hear about your your journey to this point and where where did where did it all begin? <laughs> this is a very long story. So how far back do you go? <laughs> we got we got the podcast to talk about We've it. Got so all it's day. Fair. It's all good. <laughs> okay, so. Going back to, let's go back to my corporate kind of world life. Um, there was there was a corporate life. There's always a corporate life, right? That's where <laughs> most people kind of start out. And I was in the corporate life for like 15, 16 years, happily working my way up the ladder and doing all the things that I was supposed to do. And then had kids and like everything changed from that point. I think my uh, whole kind of outlook on on life and my perspectives and my priorities all changed within an instant and I went back to work in the same company part-time when my kids were like nearly a year old and just knowing that at this point that this was not going to be my forever journey I needed to know what the next step was and I think from working in and I didn't work in it wasn't like a bad toxic company but it was just it was just corporate and it was just that's just the way it is that, you know like there is it's it, there's just a certain way of doing business 15 years ago that's very different to what it is now <laughs> and that they weren't not massively into the whole fear uncertainty and doubt thing when it came to marketing but there was a lot of that around and I think I, I just thought that the fear uncertainty and doubt way of marketing things was the only way until right. You know, you start to open your eyes and it always did like it didn't sit well with me. This idea that we were, you know, using manipulation tactics to get people to buy things that did they really need them? I don't know, but they're paying thousands and thousands and thousands. But the company I worked for wasn't like that. Like they were very much against the fear, uncertainty and doubt. But there was a lot of that around in the industry because I worked in the cybersecurity industry and there was a lot of that around in the industry. There was a lot of Mm. manipulation and, and cyber companies telling small businesses that you know if they if they didn't spend thousands and thousands on all these different things then you know the the hackers were going to get you and right 
Right. So you yeah. had a bit of a crisis of consciousness of like, this is not what we should be doing as, yeah. as individuals. And you know, when you have when you have kids, things do like change in your brain because you start to think more about the future. Mm. Less yeah. selfish as well. It's less about you and more about, you know, these other little people in your life that you <laughs> think about and it's yeah it changes you so then at that point I was thinking about well where does my career journey go from here and I knew I I knew that to work around family I mean you know going back my kids are seven now so going back to the way business was eight years ago like flexible working was around but it wasn't Mm. the default and it certainly wasn't something within the company I was working for that I could have that flexibility around family and I remember broaching the subject with my manager at the time and he was just like we'll cross that bridge when we come to it (laughs) not actually that far away though so we need to kind of broach that subject now so yeah I was kind of disillusioned in that way so I started thinking about how to plot the journey into working for myself and when I got there I just knew at that point from the past experience and I'd been through a whole journey with infertility as well. And that changed me in terms of like on the spiritual journey and wanting to mm. work with people that were making the world a healthier and happier place. And so there was there was that element to it. And then I, in 2021, I partnered up with Hannah Cox and we launched the Better Business Network together. This was kind of the next fork in the road for me as I got in touch with Hannah and I said, you know, I'm at this place in my business and I want to do better. And she was doing stuff with sustainability and I knew I kind of wanted to dip my toe in that area, but didn't really know what that looked like (laughs) because I didn't really know a huge amount about sustainability at this point in time. And she said, well, I'm launching this network and I need somebody to come and help me. And and that just opened up my eyes to so much. I've met so many businesses on (laughs) now. And it's been it's been inspirational and eye opening to you know all these people making huge changes in yeah. the world and unapologetically and courageously and it is inspiring. <laughs> it's massively inspiring. I mean, that's already just incredibly incredibly exciting because. I mean, we can maybe dig into the Better Business Network a little bit more because I'm sure many people listening may have come across it themselves. But I guess from something we've felt for a long time, it's like, I don't know if you found this too, but there's often this assumption that if you're running a business, you care about profit. And if you are in the charitable sector, you care about good. And never the two should cross paths. And in reality, like actually, once you start stepping into this world, as I'm sure in the Better Business Network, it's all about this. There's a lot of businesses that are doing a lot more than just making profit and helping in incredible ways, often in ways that it can have an even bigger impact than some charities, I guess. Absolutely. And there's there's no one size fits all kind of way of doing this either is yeah. what I've discovered because I think I always had this thing of, well, I'm not a big massive entrepreneur. I'm not a social enterprise. I'm not changing the world. I haven't got a product that's out there, but it doesn't matter. Like that's not the point. The point is <laughs> that you want to change the way things are done now and no matter what it is that your profession is whether it be marketing or finance or legal or whatever it is if you have that core want and need at the heart of what you do then you're going to have a ripple effect out Mm. to every other business and people out there that that hopefully then (laughs) 
as turns the tides, which I think it already is. And that's the amazing thing about the Better Business Network is that it's such a different mix of people who do different jobs. And some of them are social enterprises. Some of them have products and services that really are changing the world and, you know, being regenerative and that circular economy and all of that kind of stuff. Some of them are people like me in marketing Mm. and legal and finance who who just have this need to work with Mm. on the same level. And it's not about it's not about profit. It's about putting people. Yeah, absolutely. So is the Better Business Network, is that primarily a UK based thing or is it around the world? If there's anyone listening, could they sign up? Yeah, I mean, it's global when you think about it, because we've got. Well, not we, because I don't work for the Better Business Network. <laughs> don't worry, we're not, we're not trying to catch say, you. I still say we, I think it's like my thing. It's not my thing. But there is members from Canada and there was, was somebody yeah. somewhere else as well. So, yeah, it's it's absolutely a global thing. And I think it will become over time. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So so that was a big turning point for you. And so talk me through. So how long ago? That was 2021, you were saying? Yeah. So from that point, meeting all of the members through there and did my carbon literacy training. So if you're a a member, you get carbon literacy training for free, I think. I'm pretty sure it's still on there for for members to do for free. So Hannah runs those, those carbon literacy trainings, which... Again, another massive eye-opener in terms mm. of, you know, the effect of climate change, the climate migration. And I mean, I was blown. I think the biggest stat that stood out for me was how much ice is actually melting from the polar ice caps. And it was like tons and tons and tons of ice. I can't even remember mm. <laughs> how to put it into context now because I'd probably get it wrong yeah. but yeah it's like tons of ice melting like every day but it helped me understand how you know I'm just a small business I work from home and I don't travel anywhere I don't really go on airplanes very often mm. you know once a year on a holiday I didn't even do that for a few years <laughs> But it's still understanding how you can reduce your carbon footprint, even when you are a small business in that sense. And the effect of digital, you know, the effect on the climate from technology and digital is much bigger than what I originally thought. And you will obviously know this because you've probably probably dug into a lot of this stuff. And one of the people that really brought this home was a guy called Jerry McGowan. And I saw him speak in Manchester and oh my God, what an engaging person. I've mm. never known anybody that can drive a message home as much as <laughs> really like punched me in the chest with it. <laughs> he has this worldwide waste. I think it's actually just a webinar at the minute. I'm not sure if he's wrote a book on it, but he really goes into all the detail on how much materials are used in making a phone, making a laptop, mm. and how that is exponentially growing to a point where it's going to be unmanageable in a few years and that is quite scary um, absolutely i think the the digital side i mean ourselves like I, we were talking just before the episode on the subject of ice melting it's incredibly easy to believe that today when we're in the uk and it is hotter than i can uh-huh. remember it but i think everyone who works at a laptop you know maybe they work out of a their own house or out of a Starbucks or whatever you sort of it's a very clean seemingly 
way to work like you're not shoveling coal you're not sitting next to an exhaust fume but but actually like the supply chain of essentially everything getting to you in a web browser and you even the computer you're using is phenomenal and and when you think about just how the internet works and computers sitting in very large data centers needing huge amounts of power and huge amounts of water as well for cooling don't they yeah. yeah. And so it's it's all of these things. And everything uh, on a website, the amount of pictures and the amount of images you send in through email, like all of this mounts, yeah. mounts up to the massive amounts of data that is then stored. Exactly. And and I guess um, to your point earlier, as an individual, it sometimes feels like there's not much you can do. But individually, even if you have just a small website, it can still be optimized. And then also just the number of people that access that website, a small website may be accessed by thousands and thousands of people. So there's these small changes and especially in the marketing profession, like the amount of impact you can have as well from the message you send out there as well about yeah. the kind of business you want to be running and and the kind of message you want to be putting out there into the world. I think in the digital sector, it is a big problem today, but I think there's also so much opportunity to for it to have a, a more positive impact yeah and yeah. you know marketing is often blamed <laughs> for the mm. problems that we're in which is understandable but marketing in in its truest form like when it you know the the real beginnings of marketing was about getting the right product or service to the person who's looking for that product or service mm. and that is the true essence of what it is not the manipulation and creating the scarcity so people think that they need to buy loads and then feel (laughs) guilty because they've consumed a massive amount of stuff food absolutely and and products and all the rest of it and you know that's still we've still got an economy that relies on that you know so what are you going to do but there's still a huge amount of like you say, positivity and marketing has the ability to to have these ripple effects. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there is this big conflict in, in marketing. I know we've had this conversation on the podcast before a few times of like, you know, being a marketer and part of your job is getting people to buy a thing and like how you square that away with trying to be more climate conscious and I think, yeah, often it's about trying to do things as ethically as possible, hopefully marketing the products that are better (laughs) than the alternatives. And I think also, I guess in digital as well, there's sort of this maybe a push back against this sort of growth at all costs mentality that's been quite pervasive for a while, where all that matters is that numbers go up and to the right. It doesn't really matter how. And I think there's a lot more nuance to what it means to be a successful business in 2023 than there ever was before. Yes. Yeah, it's an interesting area. I think it's just interesting as the tides are turning and how, what direction that is going to go in. That's why I think I love working with coaches and people in this kind of health and well-being space. And, you know, for me, it's about, it's about, humans and people and that's what's more important to me not about Mm -hmm. how much stuff that they need or 
I do think it's really important when it comes to product marketing that we are selling the stuff that's, well, I I would love just to see everything go into that circular economy model at some point mm. when it comes to products. But obviously that's a huge, huge job <laughs> at that point. <laughs> huge. But it's going in the right direction. But for me, it's all about people. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe that takes us on to one of your points around the future of business and marketing and what that looks like. I guess there's a lot of people talking about all sorts of, well, there's always people talking about buzzwords, but like, I feel like now more than ever, there's sort of this sense that, are we now living in the future? And <laughs> are we, are any of us going to, are the robots going to take over? But uh, well, how do you see like the next, I don't know. I don't know if I should even say a few years, like a few months. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> few, how things, are, how like things in, are developing at the minute yeah, in the, in the yeah. technology sector or it blows my mind. I think I think it's hard it's hard to say how quickly this is going to happen and we are in such a time of revolution really. Like it's going to be seen as a big era of revolution like mm. AI as much as I love AI, because it makes my job so much easier in so many ways. <laughs> I think there's going to be a big divide, you know, like humans are, are I read a book, um, the guy that wrote Sapiens wrote a, wrote a follow-up called Homo Deus, and yeah. that was like his prediction on basically where humanity and AI is going and how humans are basically going to become the cattle and we are just going to be used to mine the data that's needed for the AI, which is not the nicest of outlooks, I've got to say. Yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be a huge divide, not in a in a Luddite and, you know, this is technology and these are the Luddites that are trying to mm. stop from progressing, but in a way that we are going to have to grasp hold of what it means to be a really human right and the connection with the community we have lost so much of that over the past 50 years even but I can see people looking more towards that now and wanting more of it yeah. and you know even when it comes to having babies and moving away we would all move away from home and, and have babies and be isolated whereas I think even now people are thinking differently about that mm. and wanting to be closer to family and you know that whole thing about you know, you need a village to bring up a child. Mm. And it's mm. so true. And I do see a change in people's mentality in that way. So I can see that people are waking up to this thing that, you know, to be human is to be in community and, and be connected to each other and be sociable because we're sociable animals. Yeah, I think using technology to enhance that has been incredible over the past uh, however many years. You know, you just look at COVID and how, we were able to connect with each other through technology and that would never have happened when we were in yeah. this huge lockdown. But the way it's going now, I think there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be two camps. A business, obviously, that means something completely different as the tides turn for the circular economy and the regenerative business stuff. Hopefully we'll, you know, we'll make a bit big difference in the next few years. Yeah, this is actually really fascinating hearing you share some thoughts on that, Kate, because, uh, yeah, it's very hard. I, I don't know if anyone can quite predict the future, but it's it's a very difficult thing to do. And and I guess 
Also, what's difficult is predicting the first order consequences and the second order consequences, third order. There's like lots of knock on effects. And I think I share some some beliefs there with you. While there are some things that will become incredibly technically advanced, and maybe a lot of things automated away, there's also the almost at the same time and driven by that is this drive for more human connection and more authentic, true, actually being with those that you're closest to and 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 not having technology be anywhere near anything because it's uh, you're craving that truly human and natural kind of experience and I think that's just such a fascinating thing for business for marketing as well of like you know that not everything will be digital in the future and if anything the growth of things that are adamantly not digital I think could be bigger than than ever in the in the future as we're just craving being out of the I don't want to say metaverse. Oh, I said it. I said metaverse. <laughs> That's a swear word, I think, on here. We'll have explicit content. <laughs> no, it's fascinating. I, I, I feel like out, this episode is is flown by Kate because we're basically almost the time. So, oh, wow. before before we wrap up, like I want to make sure you have some time just to share. I know, I know, there's a load of stuff you've been learning on your journey. Many things we've heard so far. Any specific things you want to give a shout out to? Any any people? Any movements? Any networks? Any of your own content? Now is your moment to to surface oh, wow. any of that, Kate. <laughs> so much. There's so much. <laughs> I've already mentioned, obviously, the Better Business Network and the yeah. carbon industry training, which have been huge in my journey. I think there's. The guys over at Avery and Brown, which are a marketing consultancy, they have something called the Adrenature Business Map or something. And that's a, a free download, which is a huge, like just pulling in all of the different elements that businesses need to think about and how to be, you know, how to have an impact and not have an impact and not have a, a footprint. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> also, um, the Good Business Club, which again is full of like-minded people who are looking to make big changes in the world and do business in a good way. The ethical move is one for marketing, which has a, a list of pledges there on how to do marketing in a non-manipulative way. Oh, wow. Who else was that? Oh, I'm trying to think. There was definitely someone. Oh, if you are a coach or consultant, check out Better Bold or Braver because they, again, through ethical marketing but they have a coach's marketing journey which is all about creating a really simple and it goes through everything from like mindset to your story to to product and pricing but it's all about doing that in an ethical way so that you're building that authentic trust because it's all about conversations over conversions I'm all about the the metrics and the data but to actually create relationships with your customers so that they become long-term mm. customers and not manipulating people into believing that there's something that they need through fear and then in the long term that's not really a good a good customer <laughs> yeah so so yeah they're kind of my Amazing. main ones I think obviously myself from yes don't forget yourself Kate myself, <laughs> that I'm doing. I have a, a fortnightly newsletter so I share loads of stuff on, on marketing and content marketing and all of this stuff about you know creating authentic connections and all of that lovely stuff on mindset as well okay. 
I have an email marketing course actually, which is helping people get started with email marketing. And that amazing. That could be handy for some of our, our customers. Yes, how to set that up and how to promote it. Well, that's, that things. is definitely the sweet spot for our listeners, I'm sure. And people can find you on LinkedIn as well. We'll put all of those names and hopefully all of those links into the show notes so that people can find uh, any number of those amazing people and resources and, and networks. There's so much practical stuff from this episode, Kate. It's amazing. I want to go and join all of those things and learn all of those things right now. So <laughs> I hope it helps. Someone yeah, on the journey somewhere along the line. It almost comes back full circle to you at the start, wanting to do it all, and I need someone to help plan out what order we should do. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, Kate! Thank you so much for being with us on the show today. It's been thank a pleasure you. talking to you. Thank you, and thank you to our listeners as well for for listening in. Really, really appreciate every single person listening to the show. If that's you listening right now, thank you. And we will be back with many more episodes soon. Uh, if you've enjoyed this show as as much as I have recording it, please do let us know via whatever podcast player you're using. Just give it a thumbs up, give it a five stars, give it a comment. It helps more and more people find the show and hear from our amazing, amazing guests. So thank you very much and see you next time.